momentarily, we're still waiting for some other chavah to join. Wow, Yoel, haven't seen that face in a while. So good to see you. Hope everything is well. So just going to finish setting some things up, and then we're going to jump into the teachings. Mamash, a remarkable, remarkable learning tonight. Visiyat Rishmaya. Okay, so I'm going to share my screen so that we can see the sources together. And let's dive into it. We have, Bezer Hashem, a lot to do. Three teachings that we're going to try to get to with the help of the Master of the World, the Parsha Shlach, as we stand on the threshold of yet another Shabbos Kodesh, what a privilege, at the end of a long week. And there's no better way to prepare than by delving in deeply to the teachings of the Tzaddikim, I have to share my screen again, I apologize. <clears throat> they have to move the admit button out of the same place as the stop share button. So I keep on doing that. And share screen, okay. Okay, so we have three teachings tonight just to map out what we're going to be doing together. The first teaching for the Meyashi Loach is sort of a stand- standalone piece that's going to speak about the general mistake of the Miraglim and what Moshe Rabbeinu hoped that they would see and what ultimately they weren't able to see, and what kind of practical implication that holds for our own Avodah Hashem. That's a standalone piece. And then, with the help of the Master of the World, we're going to delve deeply into a teaching from the Svas Emes, and a remarkably related teaching from the Ishbitzer in a different place, also in Parsha Shlach, still admitting people, that is going to enable us to see a whole different dimension of the Svas Emes. It's Mamish a really, really special lima to learn these two pieces in tandem with one another. Okay, so let's jump right into it for the, to the first teaching from the Tzaddik. We'll try to get through this one a little bit more quickly because the Iker is the second two pieces. Baruch, who speaks to Moshe in the beginning of this week's parsha, packed parsha, parsha of Tzitzis, Mekoshish Eitzim, so much going on, so much to focus on, but we're going to focus on the Indian and the Miraglim. who speaks to Moshe. And he tells him, Shalach Lecha Nashim. Send out for you, Rashi says, Ladaitcha, Kadesh Baruch Hu didn't command this. It was sort of Moshe Rabbeinu's own initiative based on the request of the people to send these scouts, to send these spies. Via Suru as Eretz Kanan, that they should go and, and ultimately tour. I think the English word tour comes from the word by Yasuru, to tour, right? Tough Reish is to tour. To go ahead and to scout out Eretz Kanan, Eretz Yisrael, that ultimately they were on the threshold of entering right after Matan Torah. That was their direct destination. You get the Torah and you go straight into Eretz Yisrael. At the end of the Pasuk, they were, or the end of that Parsha, they returned after 40 days of their having traveled the land and ultimately delivered a horrible report that Kalev and Yeshua quieted them down and, 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 and Mamash countered them by saying, not only are they wrong, but right? this land is phenomenally good. What's going on here? Zesha Amra Kasav says the Eligat Sadik. This is what the Pasik says in Tehillim Gal Enai. Hakadosh Baruch Hu, open my eyes. Va'abita and let me see Neflois Mitarasecha, the wonders of your Torah. Joey Nukem has such a beautiful song about this. Gal Enai, open our eyes to see the wonders of the Torah. Isab Zarakadish and the Heligat Zarakadish and Parshas Baaloisla says, Man Ditchois Levusha Da Araisa. Let me perceive, based on this pasuk, Gal Enai, open my eyes to see the neflaos madet chois levusha da So let me grasp that which is underneath the garments of the Torah. 
underneath the outside, underneath the simple gufe halachas, the physical aspect of the practical how, what, when, where, the practical aspects of living, let me grasp the neshama, the neshmasa de oraisa. Let me grasp the hamalame Torah la'am Yisrael that's underneath the garment of the Torah. Kishorish Eretz Yisrael says the Ishbitzer, the absolute root, the spiritual core of Eretz Yisrael, is that Eretz Yisrael is bound up with the soul of Torah. Without getting into the whole thing now, it's a very deep Indian, but the Pneumius of Har Sinai is already Harabayas. What comes first? What are we introduced to first? Who are we introduced to first? Long before we get introduced to a Moshe Rabbein, long before there's an Indian of Yitzhak Mitzrayim and gathering around Har Sinai and getting ready to prepare to receive the Torah and ultimately being Mekabal the Torah, we get to know the Avis HaKadoshim who are connected and bound to Har Habayis. Avraham, the Gemara tells us, Avraham referred to the Har Habayis as Har Yitzchak Kare Sada, the Yitzchak Yitzchak Lesuach Basada, was the Makamah Mikdash. And Yaakov Avinu's dream is also the Makamah Mikdash, where he calls it Ein Zekim Beiselikim, the house. We get to know Har Habayis long before. The world was created ultimately in the Indian of Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael is bound up with the creation of the world. That's our Taina to the world. That our connection to Eretz Yisrael is. In as much as HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world, we have Shaykhis to Eretz Yisrael. Harabayis is the Indian of Tefillah. Harabayis is the Indian of Adam Arishan, all the way in the beginning, davening for rain, that there was no person, La Abdul Shamra, say Chazal, what's Avoida, what's Avda, Evoida Shabalev, Havi Aymer Zutfilah, the Avoida of the Karbanis that's connected to Tefillah. Tefillah, Harabayis, creation is the Panemius of Har Sinai, which is the Gufe Halachis, which is the external aspect of relating to HaKadosh Baruch Hu through the do's and the don'ts, but Harabayis, rather, is the essential connection. Is, why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu create the world? Bishvil Yisrael Shenikru Reishis, long before a Torah. That same Chazal says, Bishvil Atar Shenikru Reishis, Enechanami. But the essence of it is Yisrael Allah B'machshav it was for an Am Yisrael that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had in mind to create the world. Creation started from where, says the Medjush Tanchuma, the Makam HaMikdash, the Evan Shesiyah. The Beis HaMikdash, Eretz Yisrael, is bound up with Madet Chais Levusha De'arai. So what's underneath the do's and don'ts? What's underneath the parameters of our Jewishness that so often takes the form of a conditional relationship that if I'm doing certain things, I'm connected. If I'm not doing certain things, I'm not connected, which is true on a level. On the level of gufe halachas, that's true. There is, there is a factual uh, you know, ability to measure a person's own bechira choices, connectivity, how much a person's working on oneself. There is a chilik in that standpoint. But bepinimius, on the inside, madat chois levusha diaraisa, is the Indian of Harabayis, Karav Hashem Lechol Karav HaKadosh Baruch, who is equally close to every person who calls out to him and Adarabah. It's to the people that are struggling, to the people that feel as if they're failing in the aspect of the gufe halachas. Those are the people that are able to tap very deeply back into the essence. Those are the people that hang out in creation, that go out for a spoiledus and pour out their broken hearts before the master of the world, that are able to draw from the Indian of creation, to draw from the Indian of the renewal, beratious, beratious, two beginnings, the Indian of Rosh Hashanah, the Hayam Haras Oilam, the Indian of the creation of the world that's bound up to tefillah, 
where we can all find ourselves once again. That place where we're essentially connected, where we can do nothing to sever our relationship, where our relationship with the Kaddish Baruch is not dependent on any factor, where we're a part of him and he's a part of us. Kishayrish Eretz Yisrael again, the essence of Eretz Yisrael and what this land represents, and that's why it's so futile to try to get involved in proving, you know, based on how, how long we've lived here and we had our capital here and historical facts of how we conquered this place and we won wars legitimately and we were even given the land, that, you know, the, the Balfour Declaration and so on and so forth. And all of these things is the chitzonius of the chitzonius of the chitzonius of Am Yisrael's Kesher to Eretz Yisrael. It's something that itself essentially is Lamalamitamadah. Nothing could explain it. If we could explain it, we would already be limiting it. There's no explanation. What do Chazal mean? And I've said this in the past. We've learned this together in the past. What do Chazal mean when they tell us that Kaddish Baruch who created the world and right away in the beginning, we don't begin with the first mitzvah like Rashi brings down right in the beginning of Barashas, but rather what do we begin with? Not a Chodesh Hazalachem. With the first mitzvah. We begin the first overt mitzvah. We begin with the creation of the world, says Rashi, why? Because there's going to come a time where the nations of the world are going to challenge our Kesher to the land. What's our answer? God created the world. It's His, and He gave us this land. And what kind of taina is that? Right? Who, who, who is that going to hold up in front of? In, in which UN meeting are they going to say, oh, you're right. I'm saying, what, what, what's the Cheshbin? But it's more for us than it is for them. It's more to fortify our ferocity in the sense of our determination to stay connected because what do Chazal mean when they put together the Indian of our Kesher to Eretz Yisrael and the Indian of the creation of the world? You know what it is? The concept of undeserving. HaKadosh Baruch who created the world long before there was anyone to deserve creation. HaKadosh Baruch who created the world in and of his own volition, of his own desire to have a world to be mated. Say Chazal, that deep desire of an unconditional feeling that Hashem had to create the world to be matively of, that's connected and that's synonymous with the Kaddish Baruch Hu's decision to give Am Yisrael a Kesher to Eretz Yisrael. It's the same Bechina in the sense that this is not something that's deserved. And if it's not something that's deserved, then it's a Kesher we can never lose. The same way the creation of the world took place in such an Indian, where it was HaKadosh Baruch Hu deciding just to do it, nothing that we deserved or earned, we couldn't have earned it, we didn't yet exist. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu had this dream and a vision of, the, of, of even the simplest Jew, saying the simplest parak of Tehillim with a broken heart, a person that's not holding the gufe Allahs, but a person who's just mamish trying the best that he possibly can or that she possibly can. And a Kodesh Baruch who had this vision and he created the world. That's how Chazal wanted to frame Am Yisrael's Kesher to Eretz Yisrael. This has nothing to do with a real estate, you know, being able to prove that we have a Kesher and that it has nothing to do. It's It's not because we earned it. If we limit our connection to Eretz Yisrael because we earned it and we built a state and we, and, and legally, then it's, it's Mamish we, we so much truncate the depth of our Kesher. The truth is, is that it's essential. 
So Eretz Yisrael is connected to the Inyan Shemefurz by the Retira, the Panemius of Tyra's Nisgal of Eretz Yisrael. And Rav Cook spoke so often about these two Tenuas, these two movements in Am Yisrael over the past 200 years, the movement back to Eretz Yisrael by hook or by crook, obviously a little bit of a Bidievit sort of way from a religious standpoint that there was a secular state, and even now with a government and the politics here and things that are going on and trends, and in a certain way it was a tragedy. And obviously there, there were G'daylim, perhaps even the majority of G'daylim, that felt that way. But you can't argue with the fact that Tachlis, there's more Liman Atar being learned now in Eretz Yisrael than ever before. And who would be the one to say it would be better if that hadn't have happened? HaGadosh Baruch is moving history in the way that he's moving history. Rav Kook saw this as the Mashiach ben Yosef, that's a kli, a vessel for the Mashiach ben David, even if we're not able to understand how HaGadosh Baruch is Mahalich and why Dafka this way and so on and so forth. Tachlis kacha. That's how it is. Rav Kook saw the return to the physical land as well as the return to Panemius Hatayra as being one and the same. I write about this in a lengthy footnote in chapter 15 of the story of our lives where I go very, very deeply into the Kesher between Tyrus Eretz Yisrael and the physical return to Eretz Yisrael. These are, it's the guf and the neshama of one thing, the movement back to the essence of Yiddishkeit at the very end of time. We're coming back to the core. Our chevra, these chevra, we're coming back to the core of the essence. So Eretz Yisrael is that place. But the concept of tamidos, the concept of something that can't be broken, of a relationship that can't be severed, of the essence of the essence of the way in which HaKadosh Baruch Hu is bound up with each and every Jew, b'shayrish, b'pnimius, tamid. V'lachayim. He says, anybody that tried to live in the land, that tried to be make and tried to set something up that ultimately lasted, it had to be in, in correlation and in conjunction to the Torah Kedosh, because Eretz Yisrael is a land of Torah. It's a land of Amunah, even the simplest people here. Chazal tell us, Shechan Eretz, a can tell him, Rabbi Nachman, Shechan Eretz, live in the land of Re'e Amunah. Kol hadar ba'aretz, this is a land that's filled with the spirit of godliness. Ultimately, they're deep, they're deep. They're hidden under so many details and disparate laws and concepts, but the neshama, the neshmasa de oraisa. He says on the surface, the Torah could look like a tremendous yoke, a tremendous obligation, tremendously restrictive. It's difficult to keep the Torah. It can seem bitter. It can seem painful. The do's and the don'ts, the rules, the laws. And this is how oftentimes our children feel, how oftentimes we feel that the Torah is a big, fat burden. Rahman al-Islam. But he says the person that's seeking God Nispalel will begin to daven in the beginning of Eretz Yisrael is the Indian of Tfila, basically based Tfila Yikar Lachala Amim. Eretz Yisrael is Tfila. The Tfilas are connected to Avos. The Avos are in the Indian of Eretz Yisrael. Such a person davens to Hashem is Baruch Shiyegala Enov. Open my eyes, v'yabed neflois mitaraisa, and allow me to see the wonders in Gitar madet chois levushed yaraisa. Allow me to taste the sweetness, the inyan of derachel darchi noyam, the place where I can feel you in the Torah, where I can sit and learn, not just with my chavrusa, but with you, that you're the third partner in that relationship. Hamalami Torah la'am Yisrael, where I can feel you in keeping the dinim of Torah, where I can feel the sweetness of a life that's lived in self-control, in parameters, no matter how 
you know, antithetical to society, modern society, societal um, sensitivities. This may seem and how ancient and outdated. There's a sweetness. There's a wisdom. There's an ancient objective morality in Torah that that sweetens every moment of life. Allow me to feel that. And at that moment, I'll see that all there is, is is love. And whereas Chazal in Nigle might refer to the Tariag Mitzvahs as Tzivuyim, as commandments, Chukim, Mishpatim, the Zara Kaddish, the Nishmasit, the Araisa refers to those very same 613 rules as 613 Atin Diorisa, 613 Eitzos, pieces of advice. Of course, they're enforced. Akadosh Baruch is serious about wanting us to live the best possible life. They're enforced. 365 ways of getting close to God by not doing certain things, 248 ways of getting close to Akadosh Baruch by doing certain things. That's the Pneumius. There's nothing sweeter. Toicham Ratzuf Ava. So he says, Moshe Rabbeinu yearned for the Meraglim to go into Eretz Yisrael and to see the Pneumius of the land, to look beyond what they perceived as being physical, natural threats. We're going to get to that, Be'ez HaShem and the Svasemis in a few minutes. And to look at the Pneumius, she says, Look deep. He says, if they had done that, they would have seen which is what Eretz Yisrael stands for that paradoxically, paradoxically and counterintuitively oftentimes it's the very thing which serves as the symbol for Panemius that itself has a klipa around it that you need a break and you need to find the Panemius within the Panemius you need to find the Nekuda Tova within the Nekuda Tova and so Moshe Rabbeinu hoped that they would be supercharged with Eretz Yisrael Dika eyes the ability to see deeper they would have seen but the Meraglim's mistake was they looked at Eretz Yisrael like a land like any other and started to appraise it based on the actual factual details of is this a place that's easy to conquer, not easy to conquer, and so on and so forth without realizing that this has nothing to do with us being deserving. It has nothing to do with the natural ability to overcome these nations and these giants and, and, and the harsh conditions, whatever it was that they perceived. Our Kesher to Eretz Yisrael is a Kesher Pnimi, is a Kesher that has nothing to do with any details or facts. It's Lamalamitam Vadas, it's the Indian of Chin, the Indian of Chinam. That Amisrael have grace in the eyes of Hashem, it's unexplainable, it's the Indian of Chinam, Chin. And they saw that this is a land that eats up its inhabitants. If they had stopped, and if they had seen this as being an objective issue as opposed to a, I'm sorry, a subjective issue as opposed to being a, an objective reality, and they had davened to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Bani Shalom, Gal Einai, Sheyigal Einon, that their eyes should be opened, that they should see beyond the levush, the garment of the Torah, asikiru, they would have recognized instantly. They would have seen the Kesher. They would have seen what Eretz Yisrael held for them. And it's the same way with us. Mamash, this is such an important rule in about a Hashem in life, Bechlau. 
in different areas of our lives, we are traveling toward a promised land. And that echo that came out first to Avram Avinu, the very first Jew, echoes within all of our hearts, Lech Lecha. And we're on a journey and we're looking for that place. And oftentimes the Meshilach is telling us we get there. We're standing there. We're standing in the field of our dreams. We're standing in the ideal of all ideal circumstances. And simply because we refuse to entertain the fact that it might be our way of looking at it, it might be the lenses with which our glasses are outfitted as opposed to the actual nature of what it is that we're looking at that prevents us from accessing it. And if instead we were to open up our mouths to HaKadosh Baruch and say, I've done all that I can and I'm trying my best. Let me not make the mistake of attributing my difficulty to the Torah or to the journey or to life itself. Open my eyes. It's there. Everything that we're looking for is here. Outside of our own personal experiences, but there are klal in life, in the world, and I've said this also in the past, all the pieces of the puzzle are in the box. It's up to us to put it together. This world is not essentially hell or evil. It's not. This world could be a very, very wonderful, sweet place if we believed in it. If all of us as humanity believed that we could manifest the ultimate psukim described in the time period of Mashiach Tzedkenu when there's universal shalom and hakara of a creator and so on and so forth. If we got together and we stopped trying to kill each other and hate and judge and so on, if we each and every one of us individually made this decision, we can manifest that. We're standing already in Mashiach Tzaitin. It's our problem, not the problem of the object, objective reality. There are extenuating circumstances. Obviously, this isn't a, you know, an ironclad rule. There are challenges that we face. But if we take this approach and we're ready to daven and we're ready to entertain again the possibility out of our humility that it could be something that it's, it's us, right? It's me, not, not you, not the relationship. Things could be different. That's the, and that's the message of the Miraglim and the beauty of understanding our eternal Kesher to Eretz Yisrael and the messages that Eretz Yisrael holds for us. That's the first piece. So now for the Iker, we're going to focus on the Svas Emes and then delve into the second piece from the Meashiloach, which really ties into the Svas Emes and adds a whole new dimension in a brilliant, beautiful way. So the Miraglim come back and they were only looking B'chit they didn't find the Panemius, which is what Eretz Yisrael represents, Klape Chutzla Eretz, or Klape Harsinai, Klape Nigla. And they give this horrible report, terrible things, giants, and difficulty, and, and, and huge fruits, and it's uninhabitable. And Kalev stands up, the Pasik tells us, by Pasik, by Yas Kalev Asa'am. And Kalev Mamish, like, shuts them up, he, he quiets them down. El Moshe. Before, in front of Moshe. It's an interesting lashem where the Svasemis is going to focus on that. What's by Yas Kalev Asa'am El Moshe? What does that mean? He quieted them down to Moshe? Kalev was the one then who spoke. What does this mean? He quieted them down to Moshe. We're going to see. And he says, Olinale, we're going to absolutely take over. We're going to go up. We're going to conquer. It's an excellent land. Taiva Arts Ma'id Ma'id. Perish Rashi Zalim. Rashi tells us based on Chazal, Me'a Medrish. Afilu oimar lanu asu sulamais. Even if Moshe Rabbeinu would have told us, start building ladders and we're going up to Shemaim, like, you know, the Migdal Bavel de Kedusha, the Rashi finishes, we would be successful, we would make it. 
And again, Chazal or Darshani based on this interesting Lashen, meaning that his quieting down of the people had to do with the stature of Moshe Rabbeinu and how much he believed in the in the Koyach of Moshe. So it was Chazal already picking up on that. And they say that it's all this Chus of Moshe. If Moshe would have told us to do something actually impossible, like building ladders and climbing up to heaven, which is obviously not a possibility, we would do it. Not only would we do it, or should we do it, we would be successful. What does this mean? Listen to this fast, Emes. It's deeper. Mamish, it's so deep. Who the tzaddik tells us the inin is as follows. The miraglim understood and they perceived the time had not yet arrived for them to go ahead and to conquer the land. They knew they were big tzaddikim. We think the miraglim were a bunch of rabble rousers. This wasn't Adas Kairach and even Kairach, right? But, but, but the inin and the miraglim, these were, these were, these were gedaglim. These were chiefs. These were alufim. These were the sarim. And they understood that in the grand scheme of things, either Baruch Kadsham or it wasn't the time yet. And Tachlis, it Taka wasn't the time. How do we know it wasn't the time? Because bottom line is, they only got in 40 years later. And we believe that everything that's written in the Torah is preordained that Kaddish Baruch Hu had a cheshbin from beginning to end. And the Taka wasn't the time for them to go in. We're going to see more on this in the Meashilach. And the Swasemha says, we actually see that that's what happened. Now, it's a little bit funny because it's, 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 like, it's, like um, it's like a paradox, right? Because where does it start? The Miraglim saw that they weren't going to go in because Tachlis, they didn't end up going in for 40 years. Well, why didn't they go in for 40 years? Because the Miraglim messed up, right? So where does it start? It's, it's like circular reasoning. But they were meant to have stayed 40 more years in the desert. And so they went in already to sabotage this plan in order to be mechamed to the Omek Ratzon Hashem in the way that they perceived it. Because it was not yet time. But I've written another place. Al perish to explain the pasuk in Kayalas There is a time for everything tachas kol underneath the heavens. And the Svasemes says there, he says it in a number of places, That's only tachas shemaim by kol's man Tachas. But midbar. In the aspect of Moshe Rabbeinu that's kashur to Shemayim, that's Moira that brings down Torah and Hashemayim, that goes up to Shemayim for 40 days, that Moshe Rabbeinu goes up and spends 40 days in Shemayim to receive the Torah. Only Tachas Hashemayim, like Kozman Ve'ez. Lemalim in Hashemayim, there's no time. And even something that's going to be experienced under, this, under the experience and dimension of time in a linear sense that it's not here yet, Lemalim in Hashemayim, it's already here. It's already here. And that's Moshe Rabbeinu's Indian, that Moshe's kashur to that which is lemalum and hashemayim. It's only tachas hashemayim that lakol's man ve'is lemalum and hashemayim. Moshe Rabbeinu tarim and hashemayim. You could you can manifest the future even now. In accordance with the reasoning of the Miraglim, they were taka right. It was not yet time to go in. They were supposed to have waited another forty years. 
but if they had bound themselves to the tzaddik, if they had trusted in Moshe Rabbeinu's desire to manifest the future now, if they had been mekasher to the ruach of this tzaddik that was bound, we talked about eskasher tzaddikim, I think last week or two weeks ago, that, that the tzaddik is connected to the union of Shemayim, which is above the realm of time, both could have been true at once. They could have entered now, and it would have been 40 years later. They could have gone in right away. They would have tapped into a realm above nature, and whatever reason it was necessary for it to be 40 years as it plays out underneath time would have been accomplished right then and there. And that's why Kalev says, and the Pasuk tells us, Vayas, Kalev shuts them up, El Moshe. Olanala, he says, we're going to go up. As we are right now, not 40 years later. Even though right now we don't have the power. That's why he uses the Lashon, Olanala, El Moshe, because the whole thing is totally on the Eskashos to the Tzaddik, that without the Tzaddik you cannot go in now. And you're talking right that we need to wait 40 years. But if you had connected to the Tzaddik, to Moshe, and if you had heeded his decree, even though it seems counterintuitive and it doesn't seem to fit, you go in. Vayas El Moshe. And that's what Rashi tells us, even if he would tell us Asusulamas to go up to Shemayim. What's, what's Sulamas? I mean, he couldn't have given any other interesting, difficult thing to do. What, what's Dafka, the example of building Sulamas to Shemayim? Now we understand. Because he was telling them, Chevra, you know why we're going to be able to go into Eretz Yisrael now? Because Moish Rabbeinu is essentially telling us, trust me, build ladders up to Shemayim. Follow me up the mountain into Shemayim, above the place where it's only Lakolzman ve'esmi tachas ha-Shemayim. Follow me to the place where I can bring you above time, where you can actualize any benefit of waiting 40 years right now. Come up with me, build ladders, come up beyond the Shemayim. Asus this whole thing was Moshe's was Moshe's A tragic thing. And you see how much a skashrus to Sadiqim is the Yisoyed of Yiddishkeit. The Yisoyed, Rabbi Nachman says the Yisoyed Akol. The, the hakol. A person could be living mamish a full life, Torah and mitzvahs and so on and so forth, without a skashrus to the tzaddik. There's an element that's missing, because Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave the Torah through a sarasur, through Moshe Rabbeinu. He wanted it that way, and in every generation we have tzaddikim that are similarly bringing down new giluyim of Torah to us. And Hakadosh Baruch Hu wants that we should be medabik in Him. How are we medabik in Hakadosh Baruch Hu? Ubay Sidvak says the Gemara in multiple places, Saita and other places. How could a person be medabik to Hakadosh Baruch Hu? Like Eishechelasu, the pasuk says Hashem is a fire. Medabik, bimidoisa, but also to Tamidachachamim. And the more a person is Medabik in Tamidachachamim and Sadiqim, he's Medabik in the Shechina Akadosha. So many different Chazals. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted it this way. Vayaminu Ba'ashem, Uvemoisha Avdai. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants it this way. Listen to this. Vimahayu Nechnasim Be'emes, if they had gone in with Emuna. There would be no more galus. 
just like the Torah. That the reason that the Torah is going to remain forever is because of Moshe Rabbeinu, that he channeled the Torah from a place, the Torah is eternal, it lasts forever, everybody knows that Rabbi Shimon Barichai is the Neshama of Moshe Rabbeinu, is another Giloi of that generational Neshama that comes in a couple of times throughout history. Ultimately, obviously, from the Breslov standpoint, Breslovers believe that Rabbi Nachman was that final giloy of the tzaddik, but Rabbi Shimon certainly the Arizal, the Balshem Hakadosh, all these what are called the Chidei Hadoris that came down to bring Yiddishkeit to the to the next stage and to change the game, like Rabbi Shimon did. And Rabbi Shimon was the one we know who said this and who promised that the Torah would never be forgotten. Why? It's Mikoyach of Moshe Rabbeinu that this neshama is able to go lemalam and asman and is able to bring something down to us that's eternal. And if we had gone into Eretz Yisrael the first time Bikoyach of the Tzaddik, we would never have left. Because it would have shared in the eternal aspect of the Tzaddik's ability to go to the Indian of Pinimius, to the Indian of that world that's beyond what we can see with our own eyes. And we would have stayed there forever. forever. Right, we know that a Kaddish Baruch Hu said, "Ah, you're crying." When when was it that they came back and they gave the report? It was Tishbaav that laid the foundation for Galos. Svasemis explains why. No, it wasn't Stam. Oh, you're crying now for nothing. I'm going to give you Bechila Dairis. I don't want to lose the flow, but I want to tell you a, a very interesting insight just on that, Maimon Chazal, because that's an interesting thing. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, oh, now you're crying for no reason. So I'm going to institute on this day crying for generations. We know that the first and second Batei Mikdash were destroyed on, uh, on, on Tisha B'Av. I think something with World War II. There was a big date that had to do with the beginning of the, of, of, of the end for European Jewry was also on, on, uh, on Tisha B'Av. Throughout our history, this has been a, a tragic month, a tragic month. Wouldn't it be more fitting for HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, now to the Meraglim, you're crying a b'chiyah shalchinam. You're crying a b'chiyah, a crying for nothing. So now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make that you should cry for a real reason. Right? Or something like that. We don't find that the b'chiyah lechinam, the fact that they were crying over nothing, over a dimyan, that that was taken out of the equation when, in the context of the future b'chiyahs that they would be crying. In a certain way, our crying on all tishabavs is, is, is also a b'chiyah of chinam, in a certain way. And as much as we perceive the destruction as this be and the tragedies that we go through and our mourning, it still shares in the same, in the same mistake of the miraglim going back to the, I'm saying something very deep now, going back to the inyan of the, of the ishbitzer, that it was only the lavush, but Pepinimius, there was no Bechia. Pepinimius, there's nothing. Pepinimius, there's no Gullus. Pepinimius, Bechule, 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 and so on and so forth. So it's a very interesting construct in the Maimar Chazal. I hope I'm getting this point across. It's a little bit uh, abstract. But then in the same way that the first Bechia was the Chinam, so too all future cryings on Tisha also shared in that Chinam aspect because again, it's only on the Shirish. Eretz Yisrael is Pepinimius. Eretz Yisrael teaches us how to look beyond the tragedy that appears in the outside and to go with Emunah and it's difficult and it's tough and we're human beings and we're supposed to mourn and we're supposed to grieve and we're supposed to challenge and struggle but we make it in the end we make it because we connect to that place that's beyond that place of emuna. so that's a, a, very, a very interesting point but the Svas Emes is explaining over here what's the Kesher Mach Kesher to the Pagam of the Meraglim 
and Tishab and the destruction of the Bishamikdash. But the way he's explaining it, it's Pashit. It's because of them that there was ever a concept or a Havamina that the Bishamikdash could be destroyed and that we could go into Galas. Because if they had gone in on Moshe's charge and they had believed in the Tzaddik, even though from their own Indian of, 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 of Ruach HaKodesh, they perceived that it wasn't the right time, they needed 40 years. If they had gone in with the Koyach of the Tzaddik, they could have achieved that 40 year jump with everything that would have been attained and it would have been Ladaris because they would have drawn it down from the eternal place of above Shemaim, not constricted by La Kolzman Ve'es Tachas HaShemaim. Haremes Kanal, Shalulei Chetam, without the Chet of the, of the Miraglim, Loi Hoya Nechrav Mikdash Kanal, what a piece from the Svas Emes. But the Meyashilo takes it like 10 steps deeper. Listen to this piece. This is Mamash a classic, classic piece from the Meyashilo. Mamash a classic. Inyan Chetam he says, let's speak a little bit about the Chet HaMaraglim, which there are so many different approaches to, but obviously we, we, we have to understand what, they were in, what their intention was. It wasn't Stam that they wanted to sabotage the trajectory of Am Yisrael. They, they had no reason to want to do so. The only point that they were taken out of, Eretz, of Mitzrayim was Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael. Why would they want to sabotage that and stay in the Midbar? They had to have a Cheshbin. What was the Cheshbin? It wasn't Stam fear. Kavanasam Haya Be'emes L'shem Shemayim. Says the Me'ashilach, it was Mamash L'shem Shemayim. Listen to the Cheshbet that he makes. It's mind-blowing. V'hoya Avera L'shma, he says. It was an Avera L'shma from their perspective that this was something they needed to do for the ultimate betterment of the circumstance. Why? Shazois Yadua Barur, because they knew absolute clear with clarity. Shemisas Moshe Rabbeinu Tluya Bebias Haaretz. They knew that Moshe Rabbeinu was not allowed to go into Eretz Yisrael, that after the main Mariva hitting the rock, he was prevented from going in. That's also a very deep thing based on our understanding of what Eretz Yisrael is. Why did the main Mariva, with all of what that was, first you have to understand main Mariva, what was the Kesha that that should prevent Moshe from going into Eretz Yisrael? What did he do that would prevent him from having access to this land? What was the nature of the Mimariva? What's the nature of Eretz Yisrael? Why don't those two things go together? Why was that a, why was that a punishment for that, right? Or a punishment. Why was that an effect, ultimately, or a tikkun for what he had done on his level? But be that as it may, the Miraglim knew that Moshe is not going to make it. And they knew that if we go in, if Am Yisrael steps into the border now, Moshe dies. The Gamzois Yad, when they knew another Mahalach, they knew something else, and this is a fascinating thing. It's Mamish deep. She Isa the Gemara, and you have to see the Meshalach is such a thinker, he's so deep. The Gemara says in Avedazara, The Gemara says a rule. A person does not understand or fully comprehend the depth of the Rebbe's teaching until learning with the Rebbe for 40 years. At Arbenshnin, you spend 40 years learning from a person, you could start to be oimid on their, on their das. That's what the Gemara says. How does the Gemara know this? Listen to this, because it's so deep. The Gemara knows this from the fact that right before Moshe Rabbeinu actually was going to leave the world and the parishes at the very end, Vayela, Chazinu, those parishes at the very end, all the way at the end of the Torah, where Moshe Rabbeinu said, now you know Hayoim. Another Pasuk um, that's slipping my mind. But, but the Pasuk says, Hayyoyim. Say Chazal, it was only that day after learning with Moshe for 40 years that Am Yisrael understood what he had been trying to convey to them. That's where Chazal learned this from. Says the Meashiloach, very nice that Chazal learned that from the Pasuk of what actually ended up happening. But the Miraglim knew this essentially. 
lachain. Hischakma eitza. So the Meraglima had an eitza la'akev biasa aret to prevent Am Yisrael from going into the land. To keep Moshe Rabbeinu alive for 40 years, which they were able to into it, would have been the, the, the punishment. Again, Chazal learned that, that you could only know something from a Rebbe after 40 years because that's, that's what happened. But that's only what happened because the Meraglim engineered this knowing that not... You understand this, right? It's not simply that Chazal learned it from the actual facts that they spent 40 years with Moshe Rabbeinu and so from there they know that a person can be Oymen al-Das Rabbi after 40 years. The Meraglim knew that this is a klal and they engineered this to keep Moshe alive so that they could continue learning with him for 40 years to be Oymen al-Das Rabbi and then to go into the Eretz. Hizchak me'etzala akev bias ha'aretz avera l'shma This piece is unbelievable. K'deshi yucha Moshe Rabbeinu liyaz oid etzlam l'man sheyucha l'amal oymek da'itai So they should be able to understand the depth of his teaching and Tachlis, and this is the most amazing thing, they were right. Tachlis, the only reason that we had Moshe Rabbeinu for 40 years is because of their mistake. If Am Yisrael had gotten in then, Moshe Rabbeinu would have, would have dropped dead on Har Nevoi right then. What was their mistake? Why was Hashem upset at them? Listen to this. They made a mistake. This is Kashur to the Sfas Emes. So deep. What was their mistake? But this was still considered a chait. It's the same thing as the as Hashem says, I can do it all. I'm the Kol Yachal. Even with the klal of needing another 40 years. To be able to go ahead and learn from Moshe Rabbeinu, Hashem says, is it beyond me to make these two things work out? That you should go in right now, Moshe Rabbeinu should die without the 40 years, and you should still gain what you needed. You see, it's the Mamash, the parallel from the Svas Emes. The Svas Emes learns it in the Koyach of the Tzaddik to draw down that whatever was to be gained, what was to be gained? Says the, says the Meashiloch, you know what was to be gained? 40 years of Moshe. This is so deep because it was Moshe Rabbeinu's own Indian based on the Sfas MS that was giving them this Hasaga of being able to reach beyond. They want, I can't even, again, they wanted, this is so deep, they wanted to be to 40 years so that they should be Zoyche to Moshe Rabbeinu's consciousness. But Moshe Rabbeinu's whole consciousness is that you don't need 40 years because I could channel HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Indian of Kali Yachol to give you my consciousness in the moment. And if you would have just gone in, you would have been Zoyche to my consciousness, which is that you don't have to wait actually 40 years because you can have everything right now. That's the omic of what's happening here. By putting the, these two pieces together, you gain such an amkus into what exactly was going on here. It's mamish the most tragic misunderstanding. The Miraglim wanted 40 years more because they believed that it takes 40 years to be Oymar Adas Rabbi. What's the Das Rabbi? The Das Rabbi is that you don't need 40 years because I could bring it into you right now. If they had gone in right away, they would have been zeichet to it in, in, a, in, in a flash, in a moment. Because Moshe Rabbeinu is l'malam and ateva. That was the consciousness they were yearning for. And ultimately they got it 40 years later, but it was, it was far too late by then. It was far too late. Deeper than it was far too late. I want to see something even deeper than that. And this is, this is not so much in the, in, in the actual context of this teaching, but the Preet Sadik says, the Heilige Preet Sadik, I'll check the chat. I apologize, sometimes it's hard for me to do both at once. Yeah, wow, wow, yeah. <laughs> you, just, you can say that again and again and again. But the Indian, listen to this one. 
Reb Tzadik says, and this is a very deep and a long conversation, we don't have time for this now, but I bring this also in the book, uh, in chapter 17 and 18, we go at length about the concept of Yidiyah and Bechira. Reb Tzadik says that the Das of Moshe Rabbeinu was the Das of Yidiyah. The Das, the ability to know that whatever a person did, even if it wasn't exactly right, and a person utilized his own experience of Bechira negatively, ultimately, ultimately, on the ultimate level, there exists a place where it's justified. There exists a place where there was really no Bechira, and it was supposed to bring you to this place of, 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 of Shiver and Lave so that you can have an expanse across which, uh, you know, across which you need to strive to, 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 to traverse and to get to the other side and to create the space for the journey, and so on and so forth. I don't want to give too much away in the context of the book for those who haven't... Uh, who haven't read it yet or aren't there yet in the book. But Reb Tzadik says this was the Das of the Rebbe, of Moshe Rabbeinu. This means to say that 40 years later when they got the Das of Moshe, then in a moment they realized that they had made the correct decision. So all of this is happening in their own Bechira where it appears that there was a Chet because from their perspective, they didn't choose the L'Chathchila option of trusting Moshe in the moment and going in, when they would have been Zaychet to everything in that moment, that it is possible to attain the Das, because that would have been in and of itself the Das, if they had just accepted it, they didn't need the time, because Moshe is Lamalamitam the Das, but 40 years later, Tachlis, which is where Chazal learned this from, that you can only be Oymid al Das Rabbi after 40 years, well they learned that from the reality of that's the way that things happen, but at that moment they realized that this was part of the process in and of itself, so they did get Das Moshe, a different aspect of Das Moshe, the Bidiyev of Das Moshe. This is a deep point. I don't want to go into it because that's not the Iker thing, but uh, maybe in the oven, that's, that's something to think about. Okay, but bottom line. Bottom line is this. They made a mistake. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, I could do it all. Is it impossible for me to make sure that this, that Moshe Rabbeinu is going to die before going into Eretz Yisrael, should be Mikuyam, and at the same time you should still have him with you? That that should also be Mikuyam? Is it beyond me? Just because you, Bechitsoinius, based on the very first piece that we learned tonight, Bechitsoinius think that it seems impossible? The whole Indian of Eretz Yisrael is Panemius. The whole Indian of Eretz Yisrael is the understanding that there's taking place in the world things beyond what our physical eyes are able to see. By Hashem, there's no such thing as a stira. Kaddish Baruch Hu is a kol yachal. Koilolam yachad. Kaddish Baruch Hu could bring everything together and make things happen. Where two truths, two things can be true at once, mamish, even though they appear contradictory. And that's, that's in, in the aspect of Torah that Moshe Rabbeinu drew down from the place of Shemayim. That's why it's called a machloikis l'shem shamayim, right? Where you can have elu ve'elu diber the kim chaim l'shem shamayim because it's drawing from the place of of shamayim. The ain't need sarich le'atzas adam, and Hakadosh Baruch Hu says, "I don't need your cheshbin." Thank you for trying to cheshbin for me, says Hashem. I want you to go into Eretz Yisrael now, and trust me that if this is what I want, you're not going to lose. You're not going to lose. And this is where Amunah comes in by Aminu Bashem, Uva Moshe Avda. But over here they lacked it. And this is actually, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Yam Lehem bi. He refers to the Pagam of the Miraglam as a Pagam and Amunah. What was the Pagam and Amunah? The Pagam and Amunah is this that HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't need our Cheshboinahs. Even when a person has a Cheshbon, no, 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 no. This is going to be better for my Ruchnius if I. 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu said something. HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows what he's doing. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu could make that whatever benefit you thought you would have gotten by cutting this corner and by doing this thing and not being Yashar and so on and so forth, HaKadosh Baruch Hu could bring it into existence and can manifest it regardless. There's no tarta disastri. The ain't sarich la atas adam. I don't need your eitzes. Vim hayeret sainay. If I wanted Moshe Rabbeinu to live, that trust me, says the Kaddish Baruch Hu, you going into Eretz Yisrael, even while preserving this, that Moshe Rabbeinu needed to die before that, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have prevented that from happening, for Moshe Rabbeinu to continue to live on. In what sense? Because Moshe Rabbeinu is eternal. And going into Eretz Yisrael would have been eternal. And it would have been constantly manifesting that place of Lamalam and Azman, where Moshe Rabbeinu didn't die in the past and no longer exists. It would have channeled the Indian of Haya Haya the Indian of Lamalam and Azman, where the Neshamas of the Tzaddikim, based on the Zara Kaddish, the Zara tells us that the Tzaddikim are found in this world after they die, after the Nestalic, even more than they were when they were living. It wouldn't have blocked it, it wouldn't have prevented it. To go in, you could have channeled that inyan of Lamalami Tamvadas. You could have channeled that inyan of unconditional, of something that is beyond the mind's ability to grasp. Lamalam and Amakram, Lamalam and Azman. Vaharaya. And he says, you know what the raya to this is? What do you think? Yeshua and Kalev were the only ones that were out of the loop, that they didn't understand exactly what was about to happen if Am Yisrael would go in. You don't, think, you don't think that Yeshua cared at least as much as the rest of the Miraculum that he was about to lose his Rebbe Muvak if they would go ahead and follow this that HaKadosh Baruch wanted them to go in? But they went. Yeshua and Kalev, you know, had more of a reason to want Moshe Rabbeinu to continue to live. But they went in a way of simplicity. They didn't come up with a plot and a plan to go ahead and to manipulate things and to come up with a, with a fancy Eitzah and a Kabbalistic Cheshbin of why we have to break this thing and, and, and circumvent this and, a, and, and to enter into a Yerida and all these Shtuyot. None of that. To go besamim, to try the best that we can to be a yashar and a tamlev with emuna in the tzaddik and emuna in HaKadosh Baruch Hu to do as best as we can without trying to cheshbin. Even l'shma, without trying to cheshbin. And ultimately, it was Yeshua and Kalev that made it and the Miraglim did it because they were the ones that went between us. That because they went with simplicity and they didn't have any frum cheshboinus or eitzes that this is going to be better for my Avodah Hashem if I go ahead and I'm not so careful in, in, in financial things and in business it's going to be better because then I'll have more money to be no cheshbin no cheshbin yashros HaGadosh Baruch Hu doesn't need our help. Yashras. Even if it appears to us that if we were to cut a corner, it would be better for our Avodah Hashem. Hashem says, leave it to me. You do what you need to do. The Raya, Yeshua and Kalev. They were the only ones that got into Eretz Yisrael because they were the only ones that didn't try to scam the system. It's a Pella of a teaching. And when you put all three things together, and with this we'll wrap it up, when you put all these three teachings together, it combines to form a Mahalach HaChayim. 
In Eretz Yisrael, the of really rooting ourselves in what we refer to in the context of the Lost Princess Principles program, principle number one, at our core we are holy. To, to move into that identity of that absolute certainty of who we are b'shoyrish in an unconditional sense, and all of a sudden, when we begin living with those eyes to see the panemius of ourselves, we begin to see the panemius of the Torah. We begin to see the panemius of, 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 of life. We begin to see HaKadosh Baruch Hu in everything, everywhere, that He doesn't need to be contacted long distance. He's imminent. He's in every particle of physicality. Where, wherever we fall, we fall into His arms. Trust in Him. It builds our amuna to be able to literally live a life of Eretz Yisrael, a life of Panemias. And like we say so often, it makes no difference where you are physically found. Rabbi Nachman says in Torah Samach Zayin and Tinyana, there's a moich in the Eretz Yisrael and there's a moich in the Chutz La'aretz. There's a mentality of Eretz Yisrael and there's a mentality of Chutz La'aretz. And you can be living physically in Eretz Yisrael and have the mentality of Chutz La'aretz. And you can be physically living in Chutz La'aretz and have the mentality of Eretz Yisrael. It's a derech hachaim. It's a derech to Eretz Yisrael. It's the derech of finding the premium in life, not to see dangerous, scary situations on the, on the surface and refrain from, from going forth, to go ahead with confidence, like the viceroy in the story of the lost princess, to do with, with, with tmimus, with pshitas. That's Mamash what Yeshua did, right? Despite facing those soldiers standing there outside the palace, right? Moshe Rabbeinu can't go in. You're not going to be able to learn anything from him. It's not going to work out long term. Yeshua and Khalif said, We're not going to lie about this. We're going to tell the MS. We're not going to try to manipulate. We're not going to try to cut corners and move things around in our lives, but to go in the way that we know we're supposed to go. And HaKadosh Baruch will do the rest. And even if the outcome doesn't appear to us to have been the best in whatever circumstance, that's where Amuna comes in. Our Hishtadlis is to do what we know that we're supposed to do and to stay away from trying to be an Oibr Chacham. Like Rabbi Nachman says, Meturnisht Ibertracht. And don't overthink. Think. Don't overthink. Think. Come up with a plan and go without, without, without Cheshboinus. So, B'siyat Rishmaya, we should really be able to be Mamik, I hope over Shabbos, if you have the, it will send out the PDFs, meaning the, the sources printed out, go through it again, because these tires are so sweet, they're so deep, they're so real. So, so try to review them. There's even more nuances that I didn't get into just for time constraints. These are very, very deep ideas. So try, you know, a little bit to go over. If you have the Svarim, if you're Zaychad, have the Svarim, I bless us that we should own these Svarim. We talked about Svarim in our, in, in our, um, in our, in our, Sikha Zaranshir, a lot going on. A Sikha Zaranshir in the beginning of the week, Baruch Hashem, to own the Svar, Meashiloach, Svasemes, and how could a Jewish house not have a Svasemes? It's Chayev, it's a Chayev, right? To, to have a Svasemes. And a Meashiloach, certainly, that a person should be able to review these teachings, but to really, more than just knowing them and have the intellectual joy of experiencing something true and something beautiful and something deep and something new, a Chiddush, but we should be Zaycha to bring it into our hearts and into our homes to start to apply these ideas, not to be afraid by the big giants of the promise lands of our lives, to look beyond that, to realize that it has nothing to do with our deserving our, of our earning Eretz Yisrael. We have a Kesher to that place. And that the Chet of the Miraculum was this, that they didn't go us. And the ultimate Tmimus is Iskashrus to Tzadikim, that the Tzadik could channel things from above time, like Kolzman Ve'es Olamitachas HaShemayim, not above Shemayim. And that ultimately the Das of the Rav is to simply follow the Eitzes of the Rav. Not once we understand it, just do the Eitzes. And then you're the Das of the Tzadik, to all of this and much, much more to have a beautiful, wonderful Zis Lichtig illuminated Shabbos Kodesh up ahead and what a privilege. So thank you so, so much for joining. And uh, actually, I'll just, if anybody has any questions, just in the last two minutes that we have left, um, the floor is open.
if somebody wants to chime in. And if not, that's, that's totally fine as well. Yeah, the recording base Hashem is sent out on the LPI um, WhatsApp. And you can, you can go to lpitorah.org if you want to subscribe if you're, not, uh, if you're not on it. Okay, amazing, good. I guess that means that it was clear. You're so befuddled, you don't even know what to ask. <laughs> I don't know. But I hope that it's the, the former and not the latter. Okay, wishing everybody the most beautiful, beautiful Shabbos. Thank you so much for joining. Kaltuf. Thank you, thank you. Have a beautiful Shabbos.